The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. And I know some people say, it's, it's just hard for me to bring myself to forgive that person because they really, really hurt me. They, they, they really injured me. And it's hard to bring myself to forgive them. But God does not ask you to do anything that you're unable to do. Is that right? See, we can forgive. We can forgive and, and, and live our lives because we now have the capacity, the God-given capacity to forgive. And we can forgive knowing without regret that our sins have been forgiven. Our mistakes, our, our missteps, they've all been forgiven. Amen? So forgiven is really living. It, it, it's living with joy and peace. It's living without regrets. It's living knowing that you've been forgiven. But unforgiveness is ungratefulness. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. Forgiven and ungrateful. How could you be forgiven, but you're un so ungrateful you can't, you can't forgive nobody else? Huh? Now here in this parable, it starts at verse 23 in Matthew 18. Here in this parable, the parable of the forgiving king and the unforgiving servant, there are lessons for us to learn. But before we try to learn any of these lessons, what is forgiveness? What is forgiveness? Remember I told you forgiveness means that you're going to release that pain, release that fault, that trespass, that sin that the person committed against you. You're just going to release it. You're going to relieve them of the burden of shame, the, the burden of feelings unsettled every time they see you. You're going to relieve them of that. Forgiveness is you're just going to let it go. Let it go. Now, another way to look at forgiveness, when you look at the word forgive, forgive is really to forth give. What, what am I saying about that? Forth give. You're going to dismiss it. Absolutely from thought. Oh, thank you for those two ums. You're going to dismiss it absolutely from thought. That's how you know you're really forgiving somebody. I know I have forgiven some people because sometime later, sometime years later, they remind me of what they did to me, and, and I forgot it. Now, it's somewhere on my hard drive, but thank God it, it wasn't an open folder. It wasn't an open file. It wasn't active. And I'll talk about that a little bit next week or when, uh, next time I stand here. I'll talk about, you know, forgive and forget. Should I forgive and forget? Some people say you should. You should forget actively. In other words, you're not trying to keep the fire going under that issue. You're not feeding that issue. But to forgive is to forth give. In other words, you're going to dismiss it absolutely from thought. 
Not going to think about it. Not going to waste my time on this. I'm going to live. I'm not going to allow this thing to steal my joy. Allow this thing to disturb my peace. I'm going to dismiss it absolutely from my thought. That's what real forgiveness is. Now here in this parable, in this parable, look at verse 23. Jesus says, therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, the master commanded that he be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had, that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant, that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid his hands on him. And he took him by the throat. Pay me what you owe me. This servant was forgiven, but ungrateful. He was forgiven by the king. You see, every one of us need to understand that God is our king. He is our master. And every one of us have to settle our accounts with him. By, by the way, everybody has an account with him. And those accounts have to be settled with him. But we owe God so much for our life, our breath, our strength. We owe God for so much. When I look down through the years and see that so many things God has brought me out of, all I can do is say thank you, but I owe him for so much. This servant, when he was called to settle his account with the king, he owed the king 10,000 talents. And whether you're using the Jewish calculation or the Roman calculation, he owed him over a million dollars. Yet he can't forgive his fellow servant who only owes him just a few dollars. Hundred denarii was only like a few dollars. How, how do you compute that? How, how do you compute you can be harder on me than God ever was on you? Than God ever were on you? How's that you, you're so hard on other folk, but you forget about how gracious God has been to you? We are forgiven, but we're ungrateful. So this servant could not pay the debt. And a lot of people have been in positions like that. You had good intentions when you made commitments to borrow money or whatever. And you wasn't able to pay it. But there's a way you conduct yourself when you're not able to perform your part of the agreement. You don't hide. You don't take the phone off the hook. Look at Carla and D. Say, I'm not answering that one. 
What if they had not answered you when they committed you to the loan and gave you the money? But the servant fell down on his knees. He did the right thing. He fell down on his knees and he begged him. He begged him. He says, be, 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 be patient with me. I will pay you all the money. Don't sell me. Don't sell my wife and my children and all that I have. You see, in that day, when you owe money, you were cast into debtor's prison. Somebody ought to say amen. Because a lot of y'all be in jail right now. Huh? A lot of y'all be in jail right now because you owe more than you have income. That means you're living underwater. Huh? But there was a day, there was a day and a time in a society in first century when you owed money that you could not pay, you were cast into debtor's prison. Huh? Remember in 2 Kings chapter 4, when the widow woman came to the prophet Elisha because her husband had died, and this woman was in grief, she was in distress, she cried out to the prophet, Elijah, help me for my husband who feared God. He is now dead. And the creditors are coming to take my son because she had nothing to pay the debts of her husband. So the creditors were coming to take her sons into bondage, to make them slaves, to settle the account. And Elijah said to her, what do you have in the house? And I'm telling you, every one of us have something in the house. We have the capacity to love people. We have the capacity to forgive. We have the capacity to live in peace with others. We have something in the house. So the king forgave the servant. Isn't it interesting how soon we forget how good God been to us? Soon as the servant left the king's presence, he encounters a fellow servant who owed him just a few dollars. Just a few dollars. He's going to step up to this servant, this fellow servant. Get bad with him. Bold. Put his hands on him. And you know, you don't put your hands on nobody. Huh? Keep your hands to yourself. Huh? I, I know where I'm from. You put your hands on folk, you get a beat down. Huh? You get a beat down. He grabbed this servant. Pay me what you owe me. Grabbed him by the throat. Began to choke him. And his fellow servant fell down on his knees and says, Oh, just be patient with me. I will pay you all that I owe you. And he would not show compassion. He would not show him any kind of grace, any kind of mercy. He had his fellow servant cast into debtor's prison. That's wrong. That's wrong to do to other folk differently than God's done to you. That's wrong. You see, you're setting yourself up as God. You're living above the law of Christ. How is it that God can be good to us, but we never have it within us to be good to somebody else? How's of that? But when his other servants heard about it, how he had did his fellow servants, they went and told the king. They went and told the king. Now look at some of these lessons we ought to be learning. 
Look at verse 28. Verse 28. But that servant went out, found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. When he had laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. Here's what God wants us to see out of this. We should forgive as often as we want to be forgiven. Forgive as often as you want to be forgiven. If you don't want God to forgive you sometime, then okay. Then you don't have to forgive your neighbor sometime, your loved one sometime. But forgive as often as you want to be forgiven. But if you want to be forgiven every time, then you ought to forgive every time. Hmm? And not to do that is to be ungrateful. When God does something for us, gratitude is not just a good feeling we have, but gratitude is how we interact with others as a result of that good feeling we have. And when you think about how ungrateful we really are, the whole point Jesus is making here, here this man owed millions and he was forgiven. And he find a friend, a fellow servant that only owes just a few dollars, a few dollars, and he can't forgive him for that. The debt, listen to me, beloved. Our debt of sin against God is greater than any debt that any man will ever owe us. And so what will you give in exchange for your soul? We owe God more than we will ever be able to repay. We have nothing with with to pay. Nothing to pay. So all we can do is break down in humility and rely on the mercy and the grace of God because I have nothing with with to pay. You think about your life. and Sometimes you have flashes about things that happened in your past, stuff you did, the places you were at, the, the stuff that you escaped when you shouldn't have escaped. What price would you put on any of that? I remember God brought me out of some very scathing situations when I wasn't even serving God. But I knew somebody was praying for me. I knew my mother was praying for me. I knew my mother's praying for me. And, and so now I'm indebted. I'm indebted to God for all that he's done to me. See, I was born in sin. The wages of sin is death. And we will never be able to repay those wages. We have nothing with, with to pay. We just broke. Spiritually, we all broke. We have nothing to pay. And so we need to be good to others the way God has been good to us. Look at verse 29, verse 30. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid his hands on him and he took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down at, at his knees and begged, saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Here's another lesson here. 
When you refuse to forgive, you place that other person in bondage. We are not in the business of bondage or placing others in bondage. But if you've got somebody in your life right now that you refuse to forgive, you haven't forgave, forgiven, you place that person in bondage. Now here this, this ungrateful servant, this unmerciful servant, in fact, the king called him a wicked servant, he threw his fellow servant into debtor's prison, had him arrested. So, so literally this man is in bondage. But spiritually, when we refuse to forgive, we place that person in bondage. The bondage of guilt, the bondage of fear, the bondage of shame, the bondage of avoiding you. They see you coming, one way they go on the other. Because of your attitude towards them, we do the same thing. That's another lesson here. Now look at verse 32. Verse 32. Then the master, then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you also have compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? Here the Lord is teaching us, we forgive at the same level we are forgiven. So if God has forgiven much, we should forgive much. Hmm? If you don't believe God has forgiven much, then obviously you're going to forgive on a lesser level. But we forgive on the same level wherewith we have been forgiven. Forgiven by God. Is that right? All right, let's, verse 34, verse 35. I need to wind this up. And his master was angry and delivered him to to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. Here's the principle in verse 35. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother that trespasses. See, real forgiveness don't, don't really happen because you say I forgive you. No, it has to be from the heart because when it's from the heart, it's going to, it's going to inform the rest of your thinking and the rest of your behavior. Just to parent and say, I forgive you, it doesn't mean anything because the next time you see that person, you're going to be upset. You're going to begin to drum up some feelings about how bad they did to you. And then judgment comes in. Oh, they're supposed to be a Christian. They're supposed to be saved. They're supposed to be that. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Don't go there. Who else God's going to use to teach you how to grow up other than Christians? I mean, those are the kind of people you hang around now. So it's going to be the Christian brother, the Christian sister, that's going to injure you, to try you, to hurt you. They're the ones that you're going to have to say, forgive me, but that's for your growth and your maturity. And it's also for some, something for them to learn too. So when unforgiveness comes, it comes with regrets. Now this son... This ungrateful servant, unforgiving servant, he's now thrown into debtor's prison and he's going to be tortured by the jailers. Can you imagine him being incarcerated now and thinking about how the king forgave him a million, of more than a million? 
And he couldn't forgive his friend of just a few dollars. Now he's living with regrets. He's living with regrets. So unforgiveness comes with regrets. It comes with anger. It comes with bitterness, sadness. It can even cause sleepless nights. That's what unforgiveness can do. Makes you feel discomfortable or, or uncomfortable around that person or persons. Unforgiveness can even give you mental torment. You're about to lose your mind because you can't let that go. You're about to lose your mind because you just can't release it. Let it go. Forth give. Dismiss it. Absolutely. With no thought in your mind. So you can go to sleep at night. So you can stop tormenting yourself. So, as I've told you before, unforgiveness, spiritually speaking, it's a slow death. If you're living with unforgiveness in your life, forgive for life's sake. Because you're living a slow death. It's like you're drinking the poison, you're waiting on that other person to die, and you're the one that's dying on the inside. Huh? There's an old saying that says, He who does not wake at the sound of a loud voice is not sleep, but dead. God has given us a very sound voice about forgiveness. Jesus taught it. And he taught it more than once. He wanted to make sure his disciples understood that. He says, in fact, incorporate it in your daily prayer. Ask the Father to forgive you of your debts as you forgive your debtors. So God is speaking very loudly. And if we're not hearing the voice of God when it comes to forgiveness, it's because you're not asleep, you're just dead. You're spiritually dead. And you need to be resurrected. You know how folks are in your homes? You're trying to sleep. They're talking all loud. You can hear them, right? That's because you were asleep. But had you been dead, you wouldn't have heard them at all. And that's the point. If you can hear what the Lord is saying, that's because you're asleep. But if you can't receive any of this, it's because you're already dead. Amen? So in closing, let me say this. Time's almost up. Let me say this. In closing, you don't want to be that person that's forgiven and ungrateful. Don't be forgiven and ungrateful. He who shows mercy to others receive mercy from God. I always want to be in a, in a place, in a position to receive God's mercy. Amen? Amen? And you forgive, folk. Go ahead and forgive that loved one, that friend, that spouse. Forgive them. Forgive them. Even though they don't deserve it. They probably don't deserve it. But forgive them. But you don't forgive them for them because they deserve it. Forgive them because you deserve it. What do you deserve? You deserve the joy of the Lord. You deserve a peace of mind. You deserve to go on with your life. But if you don't forgive, then you live with regrets. Let's bow our heads very quickly.
Glory to God. Forgiven, ungrateful. Don't be forgiven and ungrateful. Father, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Teach us to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. Teach us to live a life of gratitude. Lord, we're grateful for how you saved us, how you delivered us. We're grateful for where you brought us from. We're grateful. Teach us to live life at the fullest. Help us not to be bogged down and weighed down with the emotions that accompany unforgiveness. Oh God, deliver us from anger, bitterness, sadness. Help us to sleep at night. Deliver us from that feeling of un uh, discomfort we feel when we see that person that injured us, that harmed us. God, I ask you that you touch our minds, take away that torment. Take away that torment. Perfect love cast out fear because fear has torment. And God, we've been tormented long enough. Set us free today. Help us to freely forgive and help us to go on with you knowing that the joy of the Lord is our strength. In Jesus' name. You know, when I was praying over this message, I couldn't help but think about so many of my own personal experiences. Last week I shared with you how I had loaned a man of God 2,000. Joyce said it was three, but you see, that's a good point. I don't even remember. Joyce said it was three. And that thing bothered me so bad because I had plans for that money. I needed that money. I, was, I, was, I got to a place where I was between employments and I needed my money. And the person didn't pay my money back on time. And so my mind was just running wild about how could that person say they're a preacher? How could that person say they're saved? How could they, how could, you know how your mind goes. And I saw what the enemy was doing to me with that. So I made it my business to call the person up and say, you know what? I release you from that. But I was really releasing myself. I was releasing myself. I was getting freed up. And you know, I never had, had to think about that again. And I could go around that person after that. We could have a good time. We could even go out together. But there's never another mention of that. Why? Because I dismissed it absolutely from thought. Dismissed it. You're not going to hold me in bondage. I'm going on with the Lord. You're not going to hold me in bondage. I'm free. And I'm going to stay free. Say, hey, say this with me. I'm free. And I'm going to stay free. So I forgive you. Not for you. But for me. Give the Lord some praise. Give the Lord some praise. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor. 
proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.